Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. So this weekend was kind of interesting. As most weekends, I ended up working. Uh-huh. And it sounds yeah. like you did a little working, Mrs. Uh, Green Thumb. I did a little yard work, yeah. I guess you could call that working. My arms are tired. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know what that's worth, but that's what I did this Like weekend. what kind of yard work? Oh, I did like the leaf blowing. I got rid of all the leaves only to find out this morning that they were all back. So none. Essentially, it looks like I did nothing at my house this weekend. I did things in the house. Yeah. Mainly, I worked. Uh, I've got projects coming up right now. And, uh, you know, it's kind of why I'm excited about the show today is um, there's some, not new technology, but there's an emphasis that's put on, you know, writing search engine optimization. You'll hear mm-hmm. SEO mentioned quite a bit on today's show. And we've got uh, a guy who's getting all hooked up here, Mike Craig. Mike, are you with us? Are you online yet? I am. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being on the podcast show today. We've known Mike for a long time. Trina and I both have known him for uh, many, many moons, and and he uh, agreed to be on the podcast today. So where are you at? Now, here's the thing that I want to get right up front is Mike is kind of, what did you call it earlier when we were visiting before the show, a gypsy? Mm -hmm. A gypsy realtor. A gypsy gypsy realtor. realtor. Nice. Mike likes to travel a little bit. So where are you at today, brother? Today I am in wild, wonderful, almost heaven, West Virginia. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Isn't that part of a song? So says John Denver. Yes. Okay, there we go. There it is. (laughs) Yeah, something about Mountain Mama, Take Me Home. Yep, Mountain Mama, Take Me Home. And my wife lives here, so that kind of fits and is suitable. So I'm here seeing my beautiful bride and doing a little real estate business along the way. So many things that we want to talk to you about on this podcast show today. We're going to talk about International Sales, the company that you work in or with, same company that's a primary sponsor of uh, our podcast shows, United Country Real Estate. Mm-hmm. Mike uh, conducts a lot of operations and has offices down in Costa Rica. So we'll talk about that. Nice. I want to talk a little bit about search engine optimization And that you've taken that bull by the horns, if you will. You've helped a tremendous amount of brokerages and offices. So we'll ease into that conversation. But uh, we mentioned that you live in different places. So let's talk about that right off the bat. How did Mike Craig get into real estate? Why a gypsy? Why do you travel so much? (laughs) Kind of tell us who you are just a little bit and let the listeners know, you know, what you've done and where you're at. Well, I'm a licensed real estate broker since 2000. 2006, started with uh, United Country Real Estate and still am with United Country Real Estate. It was just organic. You know, I started in Colorado with my office there and then through different technology and opportunities, expanded into basically the entire United States um, through our company's platform. I have listings in Montana, Arizona, Texas, Kentucky, Michigan, Wisconsin, Texas, Arizona, and Costa Rica. And literally, it wasn't a plan. It just happened. I enjoy the traveling tremendously. And interestingly enough, 
one year through my travels, I realized that going down the highways, there's real estate to the left of me and there's real estate to the right <laughs> on both sides of the highway. Here stuck I am in stuck middle. in the middle with you. <laughs> That's exactly it, my friend. And so I, honest to God, it was just organic. And I started selling real estate just that way, both sides of the highway. Well, organic's a great word. Who doesn't like the big O, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Sorry. That went in a way I wasn't <laughs> expecting. <laughs> I know that came out of left field, but thanks, Sean. <laughs> Mike, you hop in the truck and you drive for seven hours straight to go look at property. That um, is commonly defined as a road warrior if you will, by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And one of the comments that you made at the beginning of the show is you put a lot of deals together or come up with the recipe for a lot of deals through the windshield while you're driving down the road. It gives you a lot of time just uh, for clarity, to reflect, you know, on the business and, and also to communicate, obviously, through your cell phone, you know, and to put deals together. So, how long is that? Is that a transition for you? I mean, did you start doing that years ago or is that becoming more and more prevalent in your business now? You know, I started doing it years ago before I was a realtor. I um, enjoyed a family business that took me all over several states as well. And you never want to waste that kind of valuable time. So I actually do a lot of negotiating with my buyers, with my sellers, with myself in my truck. So by the time I get to my destination, I think I've got all the objections covered. I think I've got all the methods and means to promote the the assets of the property to either party. And I just I just turn that time into valuable time and it's by myself. And yeah, I do reflect. And as crazy as it sounds, I run things past myself to see how they sound. I make notes and it works out. It's the best time. The, the phone's not ringing. I'm not being interrupted, hopefully by, not by any state patrol or anything like that. And it's just productive. I make a lot of deals by myself in my truck. Have you ever got pulled over by law enforcement and during that interaction asked them, hey, can I pitch a real estate <laughs> listing to you? And just, let me run this by you real fast. Let me, let's While just, you're writing uh, the ticket, let's take a minute. <laughs> yeah, let's pretend that you actually you own a house or a farm you want to sell. And let me pitch to you real quick. Just tell me what you think. Well, every one of them always asks me, of course, standard operating procedure, can I have your driver's license? And I always hand them my business card first. And so <laughs> while they're looking at it and trying to digest in their mind, why did this guy just hand me the business card? <laughs> and I can sit there and watch them. I can see it rolling through their eyes. They're absolutely confused at that point. At that moment in time, sir, they have forgotten why they pulled me over. And nine <laughs> times out of 10, I don't get the ticket. And we end up talking about real estate alongside the road. Okay. I like this approach. I'm going to need to grab some more business cards in my car. And uh, this is now how my pullovers will go. I like this. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard right. it on the Sale Ring podcast show. That's <laughs> Mike, how you get out of a ticket. Mike Craig, everybody. <laughs> Mike Craig. <laughs> All the law enforcement yeah. officers out there, write that name down. <laughs> Possibly the most valuable piece of information it you'll really, hear today. Is how to get out of a speeding right. ticket. I mean, that's the first note I took well, on the show. So I like that note. You know, a lot of realtors spend their time spinning negatives into positives. <laughs> and so that's just another or angle for it. So fine tuning my skills. Tell your friends you get your information on the Sale Ring Podcast Show. So you have licenses or listings, at least <laughs> in a lot of different states. You're clearly an operator. Mm -hmm. You're a guy that's not afraid to... Uh, 
instead of just working your 20 mile radius around your office, I mean, you're hammering a 20 state radius around your office. So I, I love that. Here's the question that I have. What kind of properties do you specialize in? If you consider, you know, Mike Craig, like who is he as a realtor? Are you predominantly a residential real estate realtor? Are you, you know, land, primarily ranches, agricultural farms? Are you a commercial property? And it could be inclusive of all of that. But what do you consider yourself? I consider myself a specialist in hospitality properties, encompassing resorts, hotels, motels, restaurants, lodges, hunting camps, fishing camps, bars and restaurants, obviously. Next would be farms and ranches. Third would be just plain unique properties, no matter what genre of real estate they fall into. If they're incredibly unique by location or asset or price or ownership even, um, sometimes I just enjoy working with the people, no matter what the real estate is, because they're interesting and and I enjoy my time with them. And um, lastly, I would say your standard residential homes. And all of that encompassing international as well as U.S.-based. Mike, do you have to have a license to practice in all of those states or is it a reciprocal thing um, between the licensure? Yeah, you know where I'm going with that question. (laughs) Yeah, I know where you're going with that. And I get this question asked of me by realtors and some lawyers all over the country, (laughs) being as I practice all over the U.S. I am credentialed and licensed in the state of Colorado. I am credentialed. Um, as an agent in Colorado, I am licensed and credentialed as a certified international property specialist in Costa Rica. But working all the other states in the United States, I am not licensed. I have the unique opportunity of a national franchise that I work for. There's United Country agents all over the U.S. And generally what I do is I reach out to whatever the closest office is to that property that um, I've been asked to or invited to market and attract a buyer. And they come to me through my SEO and my social media presence. I actually get, you know, this last one I got was a a guy from Kentucky Hmm. um, saw some of my social media and SEO magic and called me and said, I want you to sell my property in Kentucky. He knew I was an agent in Colorado, yet he still reached out and and we got a 500 acre mountain hunting property in Kentucky listed. And so I jumped in my truck and drove out here. Nice. So that to answer that question, that's how I'm able to do it. And I couldn't imagine being licensed in all the states that I actually work in just for the education and yeah. insurance and, and, you know, all the stuff you got to do. So I, I just reach out to a local affiliate and it works out, always works out well. I've never not sold a property for a client. You've never not sold a property for a client? I have never in the history of my real wow. estate practice had a client from outside the state of Colorado reach out to me to sell their property in another location that I'm not licensed in. Yes. I have never n- not performed for them. Wow. That's impressive. Yes. You mentioned search engine optimization or SEO tactics. Let's dive into that because I think that's a big part of the show today. I think most of our listeners already know, you know, you write copy, you want that copy to be found in the listing in organic searches or in Google searches, you want those to rank fairly high on page one. Give us some ideas of techniques or kind of start us down that path of what's your primary consideration when you're looking at writing a listing or helping somebody with a listing to get that boosted copy out there? It's a two-fold approach. 
obviously I want to promote the property, but while promoting the property, I want to dial into the verbiage in the listing copy that is going to marry itself to the text, if you will, what a person's going to type into the Google search bar of what they're looking for, where they're looking for, and the assets of what they're looking for. And so I write my listing copy to do that, to not only obviously attract the, the buyer, but to attract Google and to get Google to show some love to my listing, to my property that I have for sale, so that when people are organically looking for it, it overrides realtor.com. It re- overrides all the usual suspects out there in the real estate world. And it will place my property at on page one of uh, the Google search bar if this is what they're looking for. So a lot of that's going to start with trying to find out what the predominant searches are in Google. What are people typically looking for in Google so that you can help your listing match those kind of searches, correct? Absolutely. The company I work for, United Country Real Estate, spends an enormous amount of resources to embrace this technology, right down to are people typing Oklahoma ranches for sale or are people typing ranches for sale in Oklahoma? Hmm. It's very, very important. A lot of people wouldn't think that it's super important, but it is. And you can go right down the line. Are people looking for hotels for sale in St. Louis? Are they looking for St. Louis hotels for sale? And you can get as specific as you want to for hunting properties. Are they looking for elk hunting properties in Colorado? Are they searching for Colorado elk hunting properties? Are they putting for sale before that? Are they putting for sale after that? Um, Are they naming a county or a specific city? And it's just incredibly dynamic the way that uh, our platforms uh, that are for use for United Country Real Estate agents are perceptive to Google and what its analytics are looking for. And it just ranks our properties higher. We find the predominant search criteria, if you will, the the search terms that are being searched in an area. And let, let's talk about the property, 500 acres in Kentucky. So what is the predominant search that would flush out a listing for 500 acres of whatever type of land, let's just say it's mountainous uh, recreational land in Kentucky. United Country's research has showed us that over 80% of the people are going to type in Kentucky mountain land for sale or Kentucky hunting land for sale. They're going to put the state ahead of the actual asset itself. They're going to name the location first Okay. by state. So we're going to take that knowledge. We know now what the search criteria is. How do we embed that into the listing when you're writing the listing and talk to us a little bit about headers? uh, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with that, but I'd like for you to uh, kind of describe H1, H2 tags, you know, the body, the copy and, and so on. How do we embed that in there? What I do is I write an entire storybook about the property. Then I break that whole storybook, which is basically one huge paragraph into, say, six or eight different paragraphs all separated by an H1 title tag. With H1 title tag, people that may not know, you are actually speaking computer language to Google and telling Google what this next paragraph is about. It's almost magic. We're one of the few companies that has it, if not the only. So, and the reason you want to do that is if you do six or eight paragraphs, you have the opportunity to put 
Kentucky mountain land for sale inside each H1 header above each paragraph. So the first one would be Kentucky hunting land for sale, obviously. Next paragraph, you might want to talk about the Kentucky mountain land that has elk hunting on it. So now you've hit on two key phrases, Kentucky mountain land, Kentucky elk hunting land. And once again, going back to the research that United Country does, they tell us what all these key phrases and keywords are. So if you write your whole listing copy and then methodically go through it second time, finding the places where instead of putting just plain this property, you need to put this Kentucky mountain property or this Kentucky hunting land and then go on and on about your the rest of your copy. The interesting thing about the six paragraphs is Google only recognizes the first or second sentences in each paragraph. So if you have one paragraph with just one title tag or no title tag, Google's only going to look at the first two sentences and the last two sentences. So through SEO, you write these six, and each of them are paragraph maybe between six and eight sentences. You've got the opportunity to, to attract a Google to probably 70% of your listing copy instead of just a couple sentences. That's the SEO. That's outstanding. So you've articulated a strategy there that would work. And I assume if they're writing and putting that copy on a website, it's going to work on pretty much any technology. I know the uh, the systems that you're talking about in inside of United <laughs> Country have been built specifically for that. And just that tutelage that you just gave, that education you gave is invaluable for people that are trying to mass market and, and communicate uh, their products and services. Mike, that's exactly the kind of content we were hoping to get with you today. And I'll tell you what, we're going to slip away. We're going to hear from our sponsors real quick. We'll be back. And I want to talk to you about Costa Rica when we come back from the break. So stay tuned. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? 
unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. So during the break, we were talking about Costa Rica a little bit. Uh-huh. I want to go back there. I have never been there. Oh. I want to go there. How about that? Mike, tell her just in, no, in I know what I'm words, missing out on. I'm fully aware. I just, you know. In 20 I, words or less, just tell her what she's missing in Costa Rica. Oh, she's missing some of the most glorious, grandest, preserved real estate in the world. Fabulous food, Epicurean delights from one coast to the other because Costa Rica has two coasts, Pacific and Atlantic. And the people, the Tika and the Ticos in Costa Rica are some of the most magical people in the world. And I base that on their regards for the appreciation. Okay. That was like 21 yeah, words, I was, that was like, awesome. That was more than 10. That's <laughs> for exactly sure. what we were looking for. My favorite for. part of that was the Epicurean place. delights. Is somebody at the door? It sounded like it. <laughs> we don't have a doorbell here. That I don't was, know what that was. That was weird, weird, wild stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm missing in Costa Rica, and it is a goal of mine to end up there at some point, but it just hasn't happened yet. So it's coming. Oh, you need to put is. it on your bucket list. Oh, it's it's there. It's already there. <laughs> So let's talk about Costa Rica. You've been down there for several years that you've been selling real estate. You have an office in Costa Rica. Talk a little bit about the country, what the draw is there for you, what drew you down there, and where you operate in Costa Rica. I've been down there since 2007, methodically and slowly putting in, putting together a business plan, and it's been a slow process. It's called Tico Time. Just like Las Vegas casinos, there's no clocks in Costa Rica. But my office, I just opened up this past year, is in Playa de Coco, which is in the northern region, Guenocaste, on the Gold Coast, which is the Pacific Ocean side. And there's a lot of expats, people that have have chosen to relocate to Costa Rica, and they love that region. It's a little drier, a little more arid. It's not as moist and rainy as you would find like down in the southern zone around Capos or or Haco. Mike, would that be uh, anywhere around uh, uh, in Guanacaste, around um, Tamarindo? Absolutely. It is just north of Tamarindo by about, oddly enough, it sounds funny, but it's the way it is in Costa Rica. It's about 30 miles from north of Tamarindo, which many people know because it's the, aside from Haco, it's one of the most well-known places in Costa Rica for surfing and recreation, vacation, and buying second homes. It's 30 miles, but it takes you an hour to get there. Huh. 30 miles as the crow flies, but ground-wise, yeah. it's yeah. all through. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, you're but not a one crow. One hour yeah. as the road winds. Yeah. Nice. That's how I feel like Colorado real estate works, too. It's only 30 miles from here, but it's going to take you two days to get there. Yeah. As the crow True flies. True story. I got a cabin for sale in Colorado that is seven miles off the highway and it, that last seven miles takes you an hour and 20 minutes. Yes. So Costa Rica is very much like that. You hit the nail on the head, Trina. Nice, nice. But you know, once you're there, once you get to, uh, I think you fly in that northern airports in Liberia. Yes, correct. Once you fly in there and, and you make that journey out to Tamarindo 
Hako, you know, wherever you're going along that coast, you kind of settle in and just stay there. It's not like you're making daily trips back and forth. And so the uh, the journey is is kind of part of the adventure, yeah. right? Absolutely. And a journey it is, even the 40 minutes from the airport to Playa de Coco, there's so much to absorb and see. And rarely, like you said, do you adventure out maybe 30, 40, 50 miles at the max from where your destination is once you get there if you're going to visit. What about activities while you're there? There's obviously beauty in the country. What What's Mike Craig do when he's in Costa Rica to kind of decompress and enjoy that country? The first thing I do is stop at one of the local restaurants where you'll find maybe three tables, eight, nine chairs, and the locals in the back cooking up some of the finest food with seafood pulled right out of the ocean that morning or something. The first thing I do is go find me some authentic Costa Rican food and one of the staples in that country, believe it or not, and it's, they do a magical job of it, is beans and rice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they make this fabulous concoction. And actually McDonald's, McDonald's in Costa Rica serves this dish. McDonald's it's, does it's things like that in all kinds of different countries. That's interesting that it's beans and rice in right. Costa Rica, huh? That's what it is. And it's fabulous. They might throw a little chicken or a little seafood in if you request it, but their palate and their menu down there is based around beans, rice, and, and seafood. And it's very simple, but delectable. It's really, really good. They do a fabulous job. I enjoy them very much. You know, if you're looking to, to go down there and hit the franchised restaurant, you're not going to find it. In fact, yeah. they just closed in Playa de Coco. They just closed a huge franchise restaurant in the United States and they have them in Vegas. They have them everywhere. They closed it because people don't go to Costa Rica to eat at Olive Garden. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of speaks for itself. And this was the Hard Rock. It was the Hard Rock Cafe. No, no uh, disrespect, hopefully, to anybody from that loves Hard Rock Cafe. However, I thought you were really saying that the Olive Garden was in Costa Rica. I'm like, that's kind of weird. That's why they go to Italy. (laughs) Exactly. When people go to Italy, the first thing they want to do is hit the nearest little street side cafe Mm -hmm. and have some real coffee and some real awesome cheese and crackers or whatever. So that's one of the delights about Costa Rica. And, you know, they have their own culture. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're going to one of the Caribbean islands where so many people go on vacation. Those those places don't have any real history or culture to their own. That's the magic of Costa Rica. They have their own culture. They have their own customs, things they do, things they appreciate in life that a lot of places don't. That's one of the draws to Costa Rica is the simplicity of living. The Sale Ring, online at www.thesailring.com. You know, I've been down there several times, and I think that even the two airports into that country, San Jose, which is the the primary airport, and it's in the central or southern part of the country. And then you have Liberia all the way to the north, you know, not too far from the border. It seems to me like it's kind of the secondary airport. And for a long time, that country up there was kind of a little bit undiscovered. You know, locals live there, but most of the tourists would fly into San Jose. They'd work their way out to the coast and it's a lot more heavily concentrated by tourist activities than what you find up in the northern part of Costa Rica. And that was, for me at least, that was part of the appeal yeah. of going up there is there wasn't a lot of, you know, Western or other countries influence on that. It's just you're you're kind of those towns and villages up there with, as you said, the Ticos. And it was very authentic. Absolutely. 
And the Daniel Ober Airport in Liberia that you speak of is incredibly convenient. You can get in and out of their airport in about 10 minutes. Hmm. And it's just incredibly convenient to all the little beach towns up and down the northern Gold Coast for people. I've never flown in and out of uh, San Jose. I always use the Liberia Airport for that reason. And, of course, that's where I do most of my business as well. It's been several years ago. Uh, Actually, it's been quite a few years ago now. Time flies. I worked on an auction project there for a billionaire out of Atlanta. He owned two or 3,000 acres right there from Tamarindo. It's just south, and it goes back to the west. It was um, a large piece of development ground, had a JW Marriott uh, that had already been established on it, and it was called Hacienda Panea. And when we worked on that, I think that project was valued pre-auction estimate was around $500 million. We were selling that in parcels, auctioned a portion of the property, and then set an inside sales team down there to continue the sales on it, even post-auction. So very successful. But that was my first experience with the Guanacaste uh, province. And it's just beautiful people, you know, beautiful country. Uh, seem very peaceful, very relaxing. It's hard to even explain on this podcast show visually what you saw and what you experienced down there because it's its own world. Oh, absolutely. Hacienda Penny is a very special piece of real estate and absolutely anchored by the JW Marriott Resort there. And they have incredible real estate investments inside that development. I've got two listings there right now, very luxury villas for sale for U.S. Hmm. citizens that are are getting or wanting to sell their their villas and the the real estate investing in Costa Rica is an incredibly safe and lucrative thing for people to do. One of the things I found interesting about those villas is there's showers on the second floor and there's no roof over them. So in the rainy season, you can either shower with water in the house or use rainwater that's coming in, you know, it's out of the sky. You're out there kind of on the second story of your house showering. And it's enclosed, but it's not enclosed. And it was a really cool design. Is it outdoors or is it within the house? It's within the house. So you're on the second floor, but it almost makes a horseshoe around you where you have privacy in there. It's it's like it's enclosed. But if you look up, you're looking straight up at the sky. So anything that rains through that comes down goes right down the drain. Is that uh, common out there, Mike? It is, actually. And it's a common theme throughout Costa Rica to maximize your natural resources. And even uh, the villas that that Sean's speaking of are, they're between $600,000 and $850,000 villas, but there's three and five and $10 million homes designed with every shower in the house to have that open air that Sean was speaking of, not only for airflow throughout the home, but to maximize the use of the beautiful rainwater that comes quite frequently. It's kind of like, it's almost three o'clock. I'm going to go home, take a shower. It's, it's coming in. So, okay. So rain in Costa Rica must be much warmer than rain in Missouri (laughs) because that sounds cold and not pleasant at all to me. Well, you're correct. You're right down there by the equator. So the temperatures, both of the air and the water, a little more palatable. Beautiful place. Yeah. Sounds like it. Those villas were, were amazing. I played some of the best golf. There's a golf course at Hacienda Panea. There's a golf course, and it's right out on the ocean. And while you're playing, just some, I have pictures of just picturesque holes, golf holes out there that when the sun's setting out there, they're just some world-class photos. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. In every in any direction you look in that country, it's just beauty from one end to the other. And the wildlife is amazing with the monkeys and the toucans and the birds and the lizards. And the, it's just, it's just heaven. It's Garden of Eden, just about. That's why people love to buy real estate down there and spend time down there with their families and friends. Well, we'll have to check and see statistically how many people go down there. <laughs> Speaking of statistics, we're going to slip away. We're going to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to play the statistics game. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com. The way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. So we started this, uh, I think, last time on the podcast show. We had a little statistics game and it worked out really well. Mike, I think you'll hopefully enjoy it. Uh, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. You and Trina are going to try to guess what the number or the percentage is, and whoever gets closest gets the point for that round. So we're going to go through five questions. Here's the first one. One in blank Americans receives food from a food bank. How many one in, and that could be whatever number, one out of every how many Americans receive food from a food bank? like 26 that's my guess 26 40 one in 26 one in 40 is what you got Mike says one in 40 and one in 26 well believe it or not believe it or not that number is actually one in seven seven okay one in seven americans receive food from a food bank which is uh enlightening and sad at the same time so we're gonna startling t and mike and we're gonna give T for Trina. We're going to yeah. give her one point for that round. I mean, it's really interesting that I make really, really bad off the wall guesses and I'm still somehow closest. <laughs> but okay. <Yeah>. You were. <laughs> I was 20. not anywhere close shady. to seven, little, but okay. <laughs> she's almost 20 people off that she won the round. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. It, it did seem a little odd. 
One in seven Americans. <laughs> Who doesn't? Hey, hey. <laughs> Who doesn't want a recount? One in seven Americans <laughs> receive food from a food bank. Here's the narrative. It says, you should never think twice about donating to your local canned food drive, seen as one in seven Americans or 46.5 million people receive food from a food bank. Those numbers include an estimated 12 million children and 7 million seniors, as reported by Feeding America. Yeah. So how about that? That's an interesting stat. I'm going to do what I can do to participate in filling their shelves if that's the case. Here comes another stat. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the first one whatsoever. <laughs> it's, I'm sure these are just random. Actually, this one has a little something to do with okay, it. Okay, we're going on The a- U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's most recent annual homeless assessment report details that an estimated blank thousands of people were experiencing homelessness in the United States on at least a single night. And this is a 2018 stat. In 2018, how many thousands? And I will tell you, it is in the... Double or triple digits? Triple digits. Okay. It's in the triple digits. So it'd be hundreds of thousands. So in so the how- U.S., how many hundreds of thousands of people experienced homelessness at some point in time during 2018? On a single night. One single night, yeah, at least. That was the a minimum. Qualifier. Yeah. Mike? Well, I think I've got a handle on this because that includes me some nights. Um <laughs> I'm going to say eight eight hundred and seventy five thousand. Eight seventy five. That's a large number. Um, what are you thinking, Trina? I'm going to go like, I don't know, two hundred sounds kind of low. Um, I'll go lower though. Four hundred and twelve thousand. The four hundred and twelve thousand. <laughs> you know what, Trina? You <laughs> have taken it again. It is five hundred and fifty-three thousand people experienced homelessness in the United States on a single night in two thousand and eighteen. And Trina, you win that round. I win the depressing stats wow. rounds. These these are great. <laughs> Let's move on to number four hundred. Where's the ice cream stats? We need those back. That was that was <laughs> hilarious. This one, you guys. This one, you'll both love. We collectively okay. receive about blank billion robocalls per month. So here, As a nation? So here okay. it is set up. You're not the only one fielding what feels like a million calls from random numbers day in and day out. The FCC estimates that blank percent of all complaints it receives pertain to unwanted calls. So there is the question for you. What percent of complaints that the FCC receives pertain to unwanted calls or robo calls. There's a percentage out there that they've tracked. 90. 90 is my guess. Trina says 90%, Mike. Oh, she's left the door open. Maybe I can win one round. I'm going to go with 57. Ooh, that's good. Mike, you finally got one. It's (laughs) 60%. Mike said 57%, and the answer is 60%. Percent. Let me write in here. What makes up the rest of the calls that the FCC? There we go. Even a blind hog finds an acorn. (laughs) Says the FCC American, uh, according to the FCC, Americans in total receive about 2.4 billion robocalls per month, which the organization attributed to private analysis. 
It's estimated wow. about 60% of all of the complaints it receives pertain to unwanted calls. And it does not say what the balance of those is. However, our good friend Mike gets a point. So it's two to one. Okay. Trina to Mike, two to one. Here comes the next question. Number four, what percent of American adults meet the U.S. guidelines for physical activity? Let me further explain this. According to a June 2019 report from the CDC, only blank percent of American adults meet the physical activity guidelines as set by the Department of Health and Human Services. It's really low. I know that. Blank percent of Americans that currently meet the physical activity guidelines as set by the Department of Health and Human Services. Trina, what do you think? 18. Oh, no, Mike. 18. I'm going to say three. Mike says 18 percent. And Trina says three percent mike you won your second round it's 24.3 percent 24.3 percent of the americans do not meet they do meet meet. the physical activity guidelines which means 75 percent of the population does Does not not. yeah 24.3 percent nice job mike hey we're tied up two to two and guess what we're going into the last question so here it goes here's the tiebreaker here we go All right. So I'm going to give you an answer and then I'm going to ask. I'll I'll give you the percent on the front end, but there's a second percentage out there. Approximately 90 percent of people who suffer an out of hospital cardiac arrest die. Mm -hmm. So if they're outside the hospital when they have cardiac arrest, 90 percent of them die. Okay. All right. It's reported about 90 percent of cardiac arrests that occur outside of the hospital result in death. And there was more than 350,000 out-of-hospital cardiac arrests every year. On the plus side, what percent of -of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest victims survive when a bystander performs CPR? So if there's a bystander there, when you do it outside, keep in mind, 90% of those people don't make it, but out of the ones that do, a bystander that performs CPR, what percent of the lives can they save? 50%. Mike says 50%. He's like, I got the middle, the exact middle. (laughs) I'm going to say, like, just the way you presented that question, if I go anything over 50%, I'm going to win this question. So, like, 73. 73%. She has a lot of faith in CPR. Mike, you have won the game. That answer is 45% of -of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest victims survive when a bystander performs CPR on them. 45%. Mike, you take this one. Trina, actually, she dusted the guest last uh, week. Well, you had a lot weirder things to ask last time. We did. We were asking about how many people, how much, how many pounds of ice cream do you eat? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh and sports questions that I have no business knowing the answers to and But you like do. That. I do. <laughs> because you watch some crazy video. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm full of weird statistics. She she is full of and weird statistics. Weird That's random accurate. information that has nothing to do with anything at all. Mike, you uh <laughs> you win the grand prize. Congratulations. Yeah. Amen. You, you get to tell well, you. all of our listeners how they can reach out and contact you. That is your prize. Is a plug for yourself now. Amen. Anybody that's interested in real estate anywhere in the United States or <laughs> Costa Rica, Central America can go to my website at www.mike 
Krieg, that's K-R-I-E-G dot com. You can email me at luxuryranches at gmail.com or my phone number is 970-640-4772 and the international communication app of WhatsApp, W-A-T-S-A-P-P. You can reach out to me on that internationally. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here on the Sail Ring podcast show. Mike Krieg, valuable, valuable insight on SEO strategies uh, on Costa Rica and lifestyle living in Costa Rica. And not too bad at statistics either. Mm-hmm. He has beat the um, the reigning reigning champ. champion, <laughs> the reigning and champion of, she, of one show. <laughs> she has she has had her legs taken out from I under so. today by Mike Krieg with a powerful three over two win. Good so, job, Mike. I'll amen. let you have it. You deserve it. <laughs> she concedes. I, I do. <laughs> no recounts needed. <laughs> Oh, Mike, we do enjoy you being on the show. Thanks so much for the valuable insight. Trina? Yeah. I think that's a wrap. That's I guess our show. so, yeah. Thank you. Mike, we look forward to a future show with you on there. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sail Ring Podcast. And we'll see you next time inside the Sail Ring. This episode has ended, but your journey to greatness continues. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesailring.com now. That's www.thesailring.com.